Section 10 of Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. The Journals of Robert Falcon Scott. Arranged by Leonard Huxley. Chapter 5. Depot Lane to 110 Camp. Tuesday, January 24th. People were busy in the hut all last night. We got away at 9 a.m. A boat from the Terra Nova fetched the western party and myself as the ponies were led out of the camp. Miris and Wilson went ahead of the ponies to test the track. On board the ship, I was taken in to see Lily's catch of sea animals. It was wonderful. Quantities of sponges, isopods, pentapods, large shrimps, corals, etc., etc. But the pays de resistance was the capture of several buckets full of cephalodiscus, of which only seven pieces had been previously caught. Lily is immensely pleased, feeling that it alone repays the whole enterprise. In the forenoon we skirted the island, getting thirty and forty fathoms of water north and west of Inaccessible Island. With a telescope we could see the string of ponies steadily progressing over the sea ice past the Razorback Islands. As soon as we saw them well advanced, we steamed on to the Glacier Tongue. The open water extended just round the corner, and the ship made fast in the narrow angle made by the sea ice with the glacier, her port side flush with the surface of the latter. I walked over to meet the ponies whilst Campbell went to investigate a broad crack in the sea ice on the southern road. The ponies were got on the tongue without much difficulty, then across the glacier and picketed on the sea ice close to the ship. Meanwhile Campbell informed me that the big crack was thirty feet across. It was evident we must get past it on the glacier, and I asked Campbell to peg out a road clear of cracks. Oates reported the ponies ready to start again after tea, and they were led along Campbell's road, their loads having already been taken on the floe. All went well until the animals got down on the floe level, and Oates led across an old snowed-up crack. His and the next pony got across, but the third made a jump at the edge and sank to its stomach in the middle. It couldn't move, and with such struggles as it made, it sank deeper till only its head and forelegs showed above the slush. With some trouble we got ropes on these, and hauling together, pulled the poor creature out, looking very weak and miserable, and trembling much. We led the other ponies round farther to the west, and eventually got all out on the floe gave them a small feed, and started them off with their loads. The dogs, meanwhile, gave some excitement. Starting on hard ice with a light load, nothing could hold them, and they dashed off over everything. It seemed wonderful that we all reached the floe in safety. Wilson and I drive one team, whilst Evans and Murray's drive the other. I withhold my opinion of the dogs in much doubt, as to whether they are going to be a real success. But the ponies are going to be real good. They work with such extraordinary steadiness 
stepping out briskly and cheerfully, following in each other's tracks. The great drawback is the ease with which they sink in soft snow. They go through in lots of places, where the men scarcely make an impression. They struggle pluckily when they sink, but it is trying to watch them. We came with the loads noted below, and one bale of fodder, 105 pounds, added to each sludge. We are camped six miles from the glacier, and two from Hut Point. A cold east wind. Tonight the temperature, 19 degrees. Autumn party to start January 25th, 1911. Twelve men, eight ponies, 26 dogs. Footnote viz. Atkinson and Crayon, who were left at safety camp, E. Evans, Ford, and Keohane, who returned with the weaker ponies on February 13th, Murray's and Wilson, with the dog teams, and Scott, Bowers, Oates, Cherry, Garrard, and Lashley. End of footnote. First load estimated 5,385 pounds, including fourteen weeks' food and fuel for men, taken to cash, number one. Ship transports following to Glacier Tongue. 130 bales compressed fodder, 13,650 pounds. 24 cases dog biscuit, 1,400 pounds. 10 sacks of oats, 1,600 pounds, question mark. Total, 16,650 pounds. Teams return to ship to transport this load to cache number one. Dog teams also take on 500 pounds of biscuit from Hut Point. Pony sledges, pounds, on all sledges. Sledge with straps and tank, 52 pounds. Pony furniture, 25 pounds. Driver ski and sleeping bag, etc., 40 pounds. Numbers 1 and 5. Cooker and Primus instruments, 40 pounds. Note from the glossary. Primus, a portable stove for cooking. End of note. Tank containing biscuit, 172. Sack of oats, 160. Tent and poles, 28. Alpine rope, 5. One oil can and spirit can, 15. Total, 537. Numbers 2 and 6. Oil, 100. Tank contents, food bags, 285. Ready provision bag, 63. Two picks, 20. Total, 468. Numbers 3 and 7. Oil, 100. Tank contents, biscuit, 196. Sack of oats, 160. Two shovels, 9. Total, 465. Numbers 4 and 8. Box with tools, and such, 35. Cookers, and such, 105. Tank contents, food bags, 252. Sack of oats, 160. Three long bamboos and spare gear, 15. Total, 567. Spare gear per man. Two pairs under socks, two pairs outer socks one pair hair socks, 
one pair night socks, one pajama jacket, one pajama trousers, one woolen mitts, two finesco, skein equals ten pounds, books, diaries, tobacco, and such, two, total twelve pounds, dress, vest and drawers, woolen shirt, jersey, balaclava, windsuit, two pair socks, ski boots, dogs, number one, sledge straps and tanks, fifty-four pounds, driver's ski and bags, eighty, cooker primus and instruments, fifty, tank contents, biscuit, two hundred twenty-one, alpine rope, five, lamps and candles, four, two shovels, nine, ready provision bag, sixty-three, sledge meter two total four hundred eighty eight pounds number two sledge straps and tanks fifty four drivers ski and bags eighty tank contents food bags three hundred twenty four tent and poles thirty three total four hundred ninety one pounds ten foot sledge men's harness extra tent Thursday, January 26th. Yesterday I went to the ship with the dog team. All went well, till the dogs caught sight of a whale breaching in the thirty-foot lead, and promptly made for it. It was all we could do to stop them before we reached the water. Spent the day writing letters and completing arrangements for the ship. A brisk northerly breeze sprang up in the night, and the ship bumped against the glacier until the pack came in as protection from the swell ponies and dogs arrived about one p m and at five we all went out for the final start a little earlier pennell had the men aft and i thanked them for their splendid work they had behaved like bricks and a finer lot of fellows never sailed in a ship it was good to get their hearty send-off before we could get away ponting had his half-hour photographing us the ponies and the dog teams i hope you will have made a good thing of it it was a little sad to say farewell to all these good fellows and campbell and his men i do most heartily trust that all will be successful in their ventures for indeed their unselfishness and their generous high spirit deserves reward god bless them so here we are with all our loads one wonders what the upshot will be. It will take three days to transport the loads to complete safety. The break-up of the sea-ice ought not to catch us before that. The wind is from the southeast again tonight. Friday, January 27th, Camp 2 Started at 9.30 and moved a load of fodder three and three-quarter miles south. Returned to camp to lunch, then shifted camp and provisions. Our weights are now divided into three loads, two of food for ponies, one of men's provisions with some ponies' food. It is slow work, but we retreat slowly but surely from the chance of going out on the sea ice. We are camped about a mile south of Sea Armitage. After camping, I went to the east, till abreast of Pram Point, finding the ice dangerously thin off Sea Armitage. It is evident we must make a considerable detour to avoid danger. The rest of the party 
went to the discovery hut to see what could be done towards digging it out the report is unfavourable as i expected the drift inside has become very solid it would take weeks of work to clear it a great deal of biscuit and some butter cocoa and such was seen so that we need not have any anxiety about provisions if delayed in returning to cape evans the dogs are very tired to-night i have definitely handed the control of the second team to wilson he was very eager to have it and will do well i'm sure but certainly also the dogs will not pull heavy loads five hundred pounds proved a back-breaking load for eleven dogs to-day they brought it at a snail's pace Miris has estimated to give them two-thirds of a pound of biscuit a day i have felt sure he will find this 